13 years ago, Kenneth was addicted to meth, homeless, has been to prison, and was on his way back when a couple from the little town of Lingleville, Texas, took him into their home, helped him stay clean, and put him on the path to success. Now, Kenneth is addicted to Jesus, has bought and sold his own home, and now shares his story to whomever will listen, even going back into the prisons when he can. Come on, let's do a background check on Kenneth Pruitt. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and and not be afraid to say, "Go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is background check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down. now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to background check. Okay, welcome to Background Check Podcast. How's everyone doing today? Today's April 9th, 2021. Today's a special day. First of all, I need to tell you this podcast is brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past, that's me, realize their future. If you want to know more about Forgiven Felons, go to the website, forgivenfelons.org. Check us out. You can watch the documentary uh, on Roku as well. The website will tell you how to get to that. You can watch our episode on the Huckabee Show where um, Mike Huckabee interviewed me about Forgiven Felons. And, you know, background check, we're just about sharing stories of people that have risen above their background. And then we mix in some stories of people that help people with backgrounds. So um, I, I'm having fun with this podcast. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. I know lots of you are sharing it. We had a record month for March. So thank you to all you listeners who are spreading the word about Background Check Podcast. We had over 1,100 downloads in March. We had our first 100 download day. We had several of those. And so thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. So if you want to get involved and know what we're, we're doing right now uh, with the Resource Center, go to Forgiven Felons. Dot org and look at the current plans. And I'm telling you, you don't, man, you want to be a part of this. We're, we're about to rebrand and launch, launch a rebrand, not a Forgiven Felons, but a brand under Forgiven Felons that's going to be more of our resource center arm where we're going to be helping so many people all over the Metroplex. It's, it's, it's great. I can't wait to share the plans with you, but we're working with lawyers and businessmen and projections and, and business startups and all this, so we're having fun. So listen, today on Background Check, man, we have a a very, very, very special friend of mine. We've known each other for, I guess, 13 years. I've been out of prison 15 years. I met him uh, right around 2009, I believe, 2008 or 9, somewhere around there. So uh, but Kenneth is just, you're going to hear us talk about family of choice. You know, we have our family of origin, our biological family that we didn't choose, and then we have our family of choice, and that's our spiritual family. And Jesus talked about his spiritual family in Mark, I believe it's chapter 5, where his mother and brothers were trying to get him out of the house and, you know, where he was talking to some other people. And and the disciples came to him and said, hey, Jesus, your mother and brother's out here. And 
He said, who is my mother and brother and sister? Whoever does the will of God is my mother, brother, and sister. So I have my family of origin, but Kenneth is a big part of my family of choice. Forgiven felons is a part of my family of choice. Today, um, I mean, our kids call him Uncle Kenneth. That's how close we are to him. That's how much we love him. We uh, we're gonna goof off. We start the podcast out with our girls talking with him, having a good time, telling some jokes, and then we get into his story. So, without further ado, this is Kenneth Wayne Pruitt. Okay, here we are on Background Check Podcast. I we have a very special episode for you guys today. We got family. We got family. Who all family do I have here? Go. Uh, who, who? Okay. Yeah. Tell, Tell us your name, your full name, and tell us one funny thing about you. Jim Gum, and I like to fight. Yes, you do like to fight. We, she loves to fight all the time. Why do you like to fight, Gemma? Uh, because I like it. Okay. All right, Jessa, tell us your full name and one funny thing about you. My name is Jessalyn Gum, and not like Gemma. I sort of like to go to school a little bit, but Gemma doesn't really like to go to school. <laughs> That's a funny thing? Yeah, most people don't like to go to school. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, that's weird. I, I don't know how funny. Funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. Uh, Kenneth, tell us your full name, and then we're going to have Jess and Gemma tell us one funny thing about you. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm Kenneth Pruitt. Kenneth Wayne Pruitt. Kenneth Wayne Pruitt, yes. Uh, do y'all, y'all want to say something funny about Kenneth? Uh, why does he have his beard shaved? He, he doesn't. It's all stubbly. <laughs> I do have it shaved. Hey, did y'all have fun riding to school with him this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He needs some more kids, right? No. No? Yes! <laughs> yes! I can come yes. visit y'all. No. Well, you know yes. what? Yes, yes. We got Kenneth on because uh, Kenneth is family, and we're going to be sharing his story uh, pretty soon here. Uh, and just after, after this little episode here, this little segment, we're going to be sharing his story. And so... Uh, I just wanted everybody to know that there's two types of families. There's biological family, people you're born into, and then there is the one you choose. And Kenneth is family of choice. Jessalyn and Gemma, I didn't choose them. They're family <laughs> of origin. They are biological family. But Kenneth is family of choice. And a long time ago, he chose to be a part of our family. And we even call him Uncle Kenneth, right? We call him Uncle Kenneth. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone has that weird uncle, you know? So that's... <laughs> That's what Kenneth is to us. Uh, hey, before before we get into Kenneth's story, why don't we have joke time with Jessa and Gemma? All right, so Jessa, tell us a joke. Can I tell more? Because I have a bunch. Just give us, let's start off okay. with one. If the okay. first one's good, and we'll all take a vote. Okay. If the first one's good, then we'll see if you, uh, we'll let you do another. She had some okay. good ones this morning going to okay. school. Okay. Okay. Go. This is one that everyone really liked. <laughs> what is the easiest way to count a herd of cattle? Hmm. Oh, man, I, I heard this this morning. I, I can't think of the answer. All I right. It's going to be a good one. What is it? What is? How do you count, count cattle? With a calculator. Oh. <laughs> that is good. Calculator. All right, Gemma, go. Scoot up to the mic and tell us a joke. What's a taco's favorite dance? What's a taco's favorite dance? I, I tell us. I don't know. The salsa. The, the salsa. salsa. Well, that's good, that's Gemma. That's a good one. That's good. <laughs> Gemma, do you have any more? Tell us another one. All right, Gemma, scoot up to the mic and tell us goodbye. Bye. Jessa, tell us one more joke. One more? Yeah. Oh, man. I got so many. Well, tell us your favorite one, and we'll, we'll see if we want to let you keep going. Can I say a riddle? 
Yes. No, not the cane one. That's not. No. Oh, the, I come like on. that one. Come on. Give okay. us a joke okay. or I'm going to cut okay. you off. Okay, okay, okay. No. Um, what creature is smarter than a talking parrot? What creature is smarter than a talking parrot? I don't Humans know. aren't creatures. I don't know. A spelling bee. A spelling, a spelling bee. bee. That's good. That's pretty good. All right, we'll let you go. One more. Okay. Another one? Okay. Make it a one good more. one. Best one you got. What do you call a fake noodle? I know this one. I know this one. What do you call a fake noodle? I don't know this oh. one. Uh, what's the answer? An impasta. An impasta. An impasta. All right, one more. One more. What did the French guy do when he drank too much water? He went wee wee. Yeah, in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, hey, Jessa, have you enjoyed having Kenneth around the last couple of days? Oh, you're not sure about it yet? <laughs> Man, alive, Jessa. <laughs> Jessa Lynn. <laughs> What's with That's the paws? I love it. What's oh. been your favorite thing? What is your favorite thing when you when, when Uncle Kenneth comes to town? What do you like about it? My, the last time we did a lemonade stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. That's right. Do you uh, do you know he's a Cowboys fan? Yeah. And do you do you, you realize like the last time he came into town, we decorated your room with Pittsburgh Steelers stuff and made him sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers bed. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Sort of. Sort of. All right. Well. Oh we, yeah, yeah, I remember. All right. You want to tell us one more joke to end what? this segment? Where does a cow take his girlfriend out to eat? Well, out. <laughs> you sure that's the way you want to ask it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you so wonderful, man. Where does the cow take his, his girlfriend, girlfriend out. out to the pasture? No. Where? To the movie. <laughs> 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 awesome, awesome. Where do they go? To, where does the cow take his girlfriend to dance? At the meatball. To the meatball. Why did the cow cross the road? To get to the other side. side. Other side. Okay, Y'all stole my joke. Well, I heard them all this morning. <laughs> all right, we're gonna end this little cute, fun family segment, and we're gonna we're gonna go into uh, Kenneth's story. Kenneth, your story is is impe- compelling as mine, and um and and I can't wait to share it with everybody. So, Jessa, thanks for thanks for uh, helping us start Kenneth's podcast off. All right, okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank say goodbye you, to everybody. I love you, girl. Jessa, say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Bye. Okay, man, we got the kids out of the way. Was that not fun? Jaden, absolutely. <laughs> hey, love them girls. Love them so much. Anytime we can get them on a mic, yeah. it's hilarious. It, it is. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, uh, they, and they love you. They love their Uncle Kenneth. Well, you know, like this morning, I think, I think you and Jess me. First of all, love Jess McGunn. Absolutely amazing woman. Not that she just married to you, but she puts up with both of us when I come and spend time in town. But y'all let me take the girls to school today and dropping them off and hearing them sing their songs back there in the <laughs> that's, back seat. That's hilarious, Man, isn't it? it is wonderful, wonderful. Love them girls. Love your wife. Do you remember the family. song they were singing? Any of them? Gosh, dog. I wish were they singing Doe? A yes, deer, a yeah, female deer. They did. They did. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm blessed. More. I'm blessed, man. Amen. Love you know, them girls. And part of me being blessed is the friendships that I have that God's allowed me to have. Yeah. And fortunately, if I'm joking around, I would say unfortunately. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get there at some point. I promise. You know. Uh. You know. 
God gives every Paul a thorn, and I believe that you're, I believe that <laughs> I am that thorn. We're each other's thorns, I think. Yeah. Uh, but but Kenneth, I you're a great friend, and you, we've been friends for uh, over twelve years. I've I've been out of prison for fifteen years. April eighteenth, so just next next week, April eighteenth will be. Uh, in fact, that's my anniversary to Jessamy. We've been we'll be married thirteen years. Uh, April eighteenth. So I think I've known you almost that long. Well, Almost that have. long. So uh, tell us about how we tell everybody how we met. Well, so my clean date was uh, is uh, September 15th of 2008. And I was cleaning right about a year. Congratulations. And thank you. Thank you. At that time, I was cleaning about a year. And I guess I'd gotten on Facebook. And a friend of mine from third grade owned Kenan Halley. His sister found out I was clean and was living good. And uh, so she reached out to Kenan. And so Kenan and his wife, Amber, which I've known since my second son was born, and he fixed to be 34 in October, so I've known Amber for 34 years. She reached out to me, wanted to, wanted to meet up with me just to see how I got clean. Wow. And she wanted to hear my story because she knew what I was out there doing. Everybody yeah. did. And, uh, and so Amber said, man, I got to get out my church, got a friend. You got to meet you know, Jaden Gunn, he has a forgiven felons ministry, you know, and. Did you feel pressure? Like, oh, my God, wait, oh, no, who am no, I going to meet? No, this has got to uh, be a, an idiot, well, a jerk. Well, I mean, you turned out to be both, <laughs> but uh, that's not what I had in mind. But, you know, th- it turned out that way. But, Jaden, you know, at that time. I think we had small groups going at that time. You, I, you, you came, did you came small to those, groups. You know. Uh-huh. And, uh. At that time, Forgiven Felons was over across the street from the church, remember? Yeah, we were having services. 10 or 12, 15 people, and pretty much a dream. And So I had to be the end of 09. Yeah. 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 Look at you now. Yeah. And so so we hung out. I mean, you came to small groups. You came to Forgiven Felons. And then uh, we became good friends. Mm -hmm. But then eventually you had to, you got a a new job somewhere in Tennessee, right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. All right, well... Before we get much too much into the good part okay, of your story, good. okay, um, you know, let's let's talk about the bad part of your story. I mean, yeah. I mean, ever for every light, there's a dark, you know. Mm. Um, and so I have my dark side that I that I use to tell to show people how much God has brought me out of. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about the the man Kenneth Pruitt was before yeah. Monty and Dina uh-huh. pulled you out. Yeah. Now this is going to be hard because. When I was in Tennessee for about 11 or 12 years, you know, most of the people always rushed me. They, they know a lot to talk. They said, hey, man, go in there and talk to the worship team before they go on stage. You got two minutes. I'm timing you. I'm timing you. <laughs> so today I get to spend a little time talking about it. And uh, I'll still cut you off if I, I think know you're you rambling. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've been listening to all your podcasts. I know you're going to cut me off. <laughs> Thank you oh, for listening. Yeah. All right. So when, when did you first start I down was, the bad path? I was 17 years old, and I was dating this girl. I ended up marrying her, and her father turned me on to meth at 17 years old. You know, he was out. He he had been in prison four times, and he was out cooking it. But, you know, he'd come to the house and open up a briefcase, and it was full of dope, full of money, pistols. And I thought the dude loved me. Little dude. I, little did I know at the time, he didn't. I mean, if you love somebody, that's surely not what you're going to get them into. You know, so from 17 years old through high school, the end of my 
senior year. And I ended up getting married at 18 and uh, had three beautiful kids that absolutely love and adore. And even though I was out there messing up, finally she found um, she found my drugs on uh, December 24th, 2001. Okay. We'd been married over 18 years. She found them Christmas Eve, kicked me out of the house, and I lost my relationship with my children. I ended up homeless. Wait a minute. Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. About 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, she kicked me out of the house. How'd that make you feel at the time? Oh, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, were you were you mad at her? Oh, I, I told her, well, told her I was going to kill her. Did you have any inward reflection, like, you know, like you brought this oh, on yourself? Oh, no, or you blame at that time. Bl- at that time, you were still blaming everybody else? Oh, no, it wasn't a blame factor at all right then. You know, it's just that, you know, even though I was doing what I was doing, you know, I never stopped loving my family, you know. As a drug addict, that doesn't mean just because you're doing drugs doesn't mean you don't love your family just like everybody else does. That's true. And to be and to be in their life, they were 12, 14, and 16. And just with the snap of the fingers, man, I'm gone. You know, restraining order was filed, and I was gone. And there was no coming back. And so to lose that relationship with my three children was was incredibly painful and hurtful. So uh, obviously the drugs were there. Uh, there was an anger issue too. Oh yeah, I not, not now. I was never physical with my wife, right? My kids never, right? Never. But you can have an anger issue without ever getting physical. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah. I know I did for a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So where'd you go? You're homeless. What'd you do? Well, I went to a friend of mine's house that night and um, Christmas Eve. And I ended up in a, uh, you don't even know this, ended up in a, uh, a mental, you know, they did a mental check on me because I was going, I told you I said I was going to kill her. And I was headed that way, but I didn't have no gun or nothing. And I guess they called the police. Well, the police, Midlothian police come and got me. And uh, they couldn't charge me nothing, but they took me to a mental hospital. And they did some kind of mental check on me. And, you know, between the mixture of the drugs and whatever they give me up there, it really messed me up. But. So I ended up, you know, there that night. I just ended up on the streets, you know, didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. What'd you do? I mean, what, what's the, in, what you ended up on the streets, but what did that entail? Like, what was your next year like, two years like, three years? What? Well, I'll back up just a little bit. On December 14th, 2001, I failed a drug test at work. So 10 days later, my drugs get found by my by my wife at that time, and then I get kicked out of the house. So I, what I do, I go to the dope house. Ended up just continue to do more dope, shoot more dope. You know, I was a junkie. So at some point, I know your story leads to prison. Yes. So how how far after this time where you got kicked out did you end up in prison? I caught my charge in 2003, July of 2003. I caught two felonies, possession of meth and possession of coke and they dropped the coke charges when i pled guilty to meth but i i did 25 months on a five-year sentence you know how did they catch up with you i mean how did they know did they pull you over one day or um, were you busted at a party no i was actually driving a truck and i'd been on a job three days and i was so high i couldn't even keep my truck in the lane somebody co-workers new co-workers called in on me so i got to the job site there in tyler and I was pulling a pneumatic tanker, drive an 18-wheeler, for those who don't know. And uh, 
I was fixing to blow that stuff off into a silo, and about the time I, I built up the pressure, and I start to open that pod up, turn around, and there's four Tyler cops standing above me. I couldn't even run. <laughs> I, I had a, uh, you know, and, and we're laughing, you know, yeah. but hey, thank God, you know, yeah. he's turned my we, life we, around. We're laughing because we both know what it feels like how, to have four cops over us. Yeah, <laughs> and how stupid we're, you know, just like unbelievable. Yeah. Jay, I had a quarter ounce of meth on the console of an 18-wheeler. I had a quarter ounce of cocaine up here on the uh, sun visor. Is that, you know, is that common in the trucking industry, or was that just something that you were – I mean, I'm not asking you to tell on anybody or tell on an industry, but I know that I know that a lot of guys work long hours, and, and I know that's eventually why they put that whole break, that automatic break in there. Yeah. But, I mean, is that is that a big temptation for everybody to try to do that to stay awake? Well, mine didn't have anything to do with truck driving, okay? This happened way before I started driving a truck. Gotcha. But it was – it was pretty big in the trucking industry, but not not anymore. You know, no, they do. They probably do more drug tests and stuff now. Oh before yeah, they we got you. the electronic logs, you know, yeah. and um, and and those guys that did that, they did that so they could run. I did it to get high. I was right. shooting it up. You right. know what I mean? They're yeah. snorting a little something or smoking. I'm getting. I'm trying to just get into another atmosphere, you know. And uh, but it's nothing, nothing out there in the trucking industry like it was 15 years ago. So. All right, you're in prison. You're doing you're doing uh, 25 months on a five year sentence. What what was prison like? Did you have any heart changes, mind changes in there, or were you just trying to do your time and get out and continue in your life? Well, you know, um, I did as went to as much church. You know, I mean, I enjoyed that there, but I didn't have some reincarnation. I don't know if that's the right word or not. You know, but um, but I went to church. I mean, I you know it was worship music, and um, I did learn, but. You know, my prison sentence, you know, worked out there in the field for a little while, seen some things that, that probably wasn't that good. But the whole squad. Yeah. Yeah. Whole squad. Turn out. Yeah. Now, what units were you on? Oh, gosh. Gurney? Did you I go into Gurney? Five. I went Gurney. I can't even tell you, Jay Dan. I went to. Um, I was on five as well. In three years, I was on five. I went to uh, somewhere down by Jasper, a private, you know. Okay. And I went to two other ones. I mean, I mean, it, it was quick for me. They moved me yeah. all the time. Yeah. You'd think I was a troublemaker, and I wasn't. You know, I was just trying to get in and well, get out. I think you might have been a troublemaker, but that's beside <laughs> well, that's, the point. Yeah. Um, but the last one I was on, and I, you know, just to be honest, thank God I didn't have to do that program, but it was the Hamilton unit, you know. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, that was yeah. good yeah. because I didn't have to do that. I was only there five months, and it was a six-month program, and – uh I didn't have to walk with my hands behind my back. I worked for the general, you know, or major, major. Right. And um, I would go in there, ODR in the mornings, lunchroom during the day, <laughs> you know, walk all over the unit. So, uh, yeah, it, wow. it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, so prison wasn't like a spiritual transformation no. moment for you. So you get out. Uh, where do you go when you get out? I get out and come to my parents' house. And I'm doing good. I got me a job right there in Waxahachie, doing real good. Were you driving trucks? I was driving a yard mule up here at that uh, insulation place. Okay. You know, where they right. make the insulation. So you were doing good. What does doing good mean? What did it look working like for every you? Day. Just working, staying out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, were you going, were you, had your life right as far as with the Lord at that point? Were you in church? Were you doing any of that? Or I was going to church with my parents. Okay. You know? But the, here's the problem. I did real good until... until 
I saved up enough, enough money to um, go down, put me a down payment on a car. Put me a down payment on a car, went straight to the dope house. Wow. Straight to the dope house. So I lost that job. So you were planning that out for a long time. No. No, it just spontaneously happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there was no plan. But, the, you know, Jaden, that's the way the drugs are. You know, and that's what I try to tell people is, Manuel, you can have the best intentions, but you know what? You better change something. You know, yeah. your scenery, your surrounding, your people. If you got to change a town, you know. But, no, that was not planned. Zero. Man, I was going to go buy me a car go back to work the next day. So, so yeah, and you know what I mean by that. Like, sometimes in prison, people were like, man, when I get out, I'm yeah. going to go get me a fifth at that liquor yeah. store. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the guys in our house, our forgiven felon's house, you can see, you know, yeah. man, when I get a car, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be oh, doing yeah. that. They're planning Had none of that. bad. And so that was just more of a spontaneous, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, just temptation that yes. triggered you and you Money went and did it. Money and car and what opportunity. Happened? What happened after that? Ended up losing my job. Ended up back on the streets again. Ended up homeless. When you were living homeless, where would you live? Would you live like just with friends, house to house, or would you live under the bridge? Would you live under, you know? I had I had places I stayed. Um, I had abandoned barns. I had businesses that were closed down. You know, I had some woods I would stay in. Okay. You know, everyone's like, yeah, I would stay at somebody's house. You know, every so, every so often I'd get lucky and get, get but, me a shower. But you're the type of guy... Even even serving the Lord now, you're the type of guy that just don't really want to impose on anybody else. Oh, no. So I can't imagine how you would even during that yeah. time of your life be wanting to impose oh. by any of your friends by asking them to stay the night or whatever. No. So, because uh, even, I mean, we have big hearts. Mm -hmm. And even in our bad days, there were things that we still wouldn't do just oh, yeah. because we had a good heart. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, uh, all right. So where did that stint of homelessness lead you? Well, so I had missed some parole. I had a flunked a drug test. And I was told that if I missed another parole or if I flunked another drug test, I was told I was going ISF, I believe. And were you still on parole at this time? Yes, yes. Yeah, my parole, what do you call it, meetings or, you know. And um, it's been so long, thank God, you know. Amen, amen. And so you, you did two years on the five years, so you were only on parole for three years. Three but years. this was yes. during that three years. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I was living on the streets again, and a, a, a guy knew that I had to go to parole, and he knew I had to get clean. Now, this is crazy, but the dude went and bought 10 TV dinners. He said, come into my house and eat these the next four days and get clean. Go to parole. And I did that. Now, J. Dan, I don't even know how I got to parole. I still, I, to this day, I don't know who took me. But I knew that once I passed that drug test, I called a best friend from high school. I called Monty Williams. And me, Monty, and Dina have all three been best friends since our freshman year and well, Dean, Dean is his wife. Just oh, so yeah, Dean is his wife, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I called Monty. I said, hey, man, I said, I passed my drug test for parole. And Monty, without any hesitation, said, Dean and I are in some meetings in Austin. You get to your dad's house. We're going to pick you up tomorrow. We're going to take you home with us. So they did that. It was a Saturday night. I was four days clean, and I went to their house and lay down on their couch and went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. They have Joel Osteen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get you saved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man. 
Hey, J. Dan, and, and this is just honestly what I, what I thought. I thought, oh, hell, what I get myself into? Right. You know, and they took me to church that day on day five clean. And, man, I truly just witnessed God's love. You know, Bonnie and Dina love me. The girls love me. I haven't spoke about the girls, but I will. But this church loved me, you know, and I know that there were doubters. There were people who said, hey, man, don't bring that dude here. Don't bring him into your house. They're always yeah. going to be. Oh, yeah. Always mm-hmm. going to be doubters. And Bonnie and Dina brought me in anyway. So so once that church loved me, and I just witnessed this love, you know, it's like I didn't want to disappoint these people. But, Jaden, let me tell you, the reason after 26 years of drug addiction and being homeless and being in prison and ended up homeless again, and how I got clean and stayed clean was that these people, Monty and Dina Williams, brought me into their home on that Saturday night and brought me into their family with their three daughters. You're bringing a junkie into your house, a drug addict, not just with you and your wife, but with your three girls. Wow. And, man, I'm going to tell you, when I tell you I didn't want to let these people down, I did not want to let them down, you know. Monty and Dina know Kenneth Pruitt, you know. They know who I am or know who I was, even though I was a drug addict at that time. But God placed these amazing people in my life, you know, that I never wanted to let down. You know, and I started counting day one and then day two. I'll never forget, told the pastor on day 17, I said, man, I'm 17 days clean. I said, I ain't never going back. He said, don't ever say never. I said, I'm telling you, I'm never going back. You know, I'm never I'm never going to start back, Jay Dan, at day one. Remember that? You haven't yeah. heard that in a long time, but I used right. to tell you. I know. And and it, it, I understand what people mean when they say never say <laughs> never. I know they mean well. Yeah. But there was a time in my life where I I told God to convince me that I was done with my old ways. And when he did, then I knew that I was never coming back. Mm-hmm. And then I also asked him to never let me out of prison until he knew I was ready to never go back to my old ways. Yeah. And he let me out of prison. So I knew, so I can, I can honestly say, like you did, I, I'm never going back. Yeah. And so I understand when people, people that maybe haven't had a, a, a substance abuse addiction in their life or something like that, something like that, uh, you know, they, they, they don't understand when we say that because everybody in their world thinks that they, you just shouldn't say never because mm-hmm. it could happen. No. So, but I, but I get that. I get that. Uh, all right. So, so man, what was after that? Were you, were you working anywhere with them or? Uh, well, you know, my, Bonnie brought me to his house and he has a separate truck. Oh yeah. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you, you don't hit the mute button. Boy, why do you get your finger off her? Get your finger off. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing bad. No, 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 this is my mute button, not yours. Oh, oh okay. You're on this channel. I'm on this channel. <laughs> I've been watching you do that. I just, I just, I, I said the poop truck and all of a sudden your finger went to a No, 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 no. I, oh, shoot. I breathe a lot. So I don't, I breathe loud. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want my mic to pick me up breathing while you're talking because I'm trying to put the focus on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let me get back to being serious. All right. Monty, uh, he said, you're going to come to work for me. He said, the only thing we care about is that you stay clean a year. He said, you're going to stay here. He said, you're going to eat all the food you want to eat. You're going, you know, when we go to church, you're going to church. You know, when we go do things, you're going to do things. So what do you think about those conditions of, you know, like making you go to church, you know, things like that? Um, you know, because I know 
I went back to my mom's house, mom and dad's house, lots of times. But when I did, there were conditions. If you're going to live here, you got to yeah. you got to go to church. You got to do think, that. So, what did you think about all those, and were you okay with all of them? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They didn't really mean much to me at the time, you know. Other than they was just the rules, right? But you know, the longer I've stayed clean, the more I've realized how important those rules are. What do you call it? Guidelines, you know, lines that you can't cross, you know, uh, structure. Um, and not only that, J. Dan, but correction. Yeah. You know, I know I'm getting a little off path, but you know what, man, when people draw lines in the sand, that's why I try to tell these people that I talk to on a one-on-one basis that people draw lines because they love you and they care about you. They want to see you get to from point A to point B as quickly as possible without all these interruptions. You know, if we did, if we didn't have sidelines, we wouldn't score any touchdowns in the football games. The basketball players would never make no baskets. That'd be going back and forth. So those, to me, are very, very important rules and guidelines. And we have to learn to follow rules, follow guidelines. You know, we have to learn that when people love you, they will tell you no. You know, why do they tell you no? Because they love you enough, you know. That's good. To not see you get hurt or how you say that. So did they make you go to uh, like a 12-step recovery, celebrate recovery, AA, anything like that? Oh. Monty no, and Dina. No, no. Did you go on your own? To, no, didn't. no, I didn't do I didn't okay. do none of that. So so those things are good for the people that need those, but they're not nece- absolutely necessary either to get back on your feet and yeah. be delivered of, of I drugs. I didn't have some, some lightning bolt hit me and say, I'm just going to be clean. No, mine, mine was all gradual, J-Dam, but. You know, so this is a very small church out in the country. So we went to Sunday school. We went to church. We went out to eat. You know, it's the same people at church that was out to eat. Sunday night, we went to church. You know, Monday, I would work. Monday night, one of Monty's girls would have a volleyball game. Same people at church was at the volleyball game. Tuesday night, it might be a basketball game, you know? So mine was just, I surrounded myself with these godly people that were involved in church and it just it grew and it grew and it grew you know so there was so it's pretty much comes down to people places and things absolutely you changed the people you hang out with the places you go and the things you do yeah and when you fill those three categories with good people good places and good things and you don't have time for any of the other stuff no absolutely not well that's why i tell people the people i hung around the places i went the things i did led me to prison Mm mm-hmm and now the people I hang out with, the places I go, and the things Absolutely. I do keep me out of prison. Amen. So, Amen. All right. So, uh, obviously, like I said, you didn't stay there forever. Uh, That's where so, you come in, J. Dan. So, all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. where did you live when you were going to Trinity and you met me? I, w- I lived with Willie Flores. I'd met Willie. Okay. I don't know if you, Another you former truck have, driver. Uh, I kind of remember that I, for a little you bit. You might have introduced me to him. Okay. All right. You know, and then you were driving your old little beat up white pickup truck yeah. at the time, right? Yes, sir. I remember that thing. Yeah. That thing's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay, I do remember you living with him. Yeah. And then it wasn't too much longer after that that you moved, but yeah. you you even grew a lot just in 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 the short time I got to see you hang out with us at Trinity. Oh, absolutely. I remember one day you called me and you said, I think you were working for J J and N or J J. Uh-huh. And you you were about to go into your office uh, for a meeting, supervisor. And you were actually kind of scared because you didn't know what the meeting was about. You said, I think I might be in trouble. And I said, well, all right, I'll pray for you. But let me, uh, you know, let me uh, let me know what it's like. Well, you called me afterwards and uh, you said, 
you said uh, it was I wasn't in trouble. He was going to give me a raise, and that was like on a Monday. All right, now I'm I'm working back to the story you want to talk about. That was on a Monday. The day before, when you were telling me about work and everything else, you actually called me and you said, "Hey, tell me about this tithing. What what is the tithing? What is it?" How should I do it or whatever? I think it might have been on a Saturday because that Sunday, the very next day, is when you wrote your first tithe check or I don't know how you paid, but you you told me you tithed. Yeah. And then the very next day <laughs> is when you called me after that meeting. You said, I wasn't in trouble. He, he was talking about promoting me. He's going to give me. You were so excited about how much mileage he yeah. was going to give you yeah. and all that. And we were able to attribute Amen. all of that Absolutely. directly to your tithe. 100%. Now, that's not the only story about tithe that oh, you no. have. So as you're growing in the Lord, you're learning all about the blessings and favor of oh, God man. and how they work. Yeah. So let's talk about your finances, where okay. you've come from. You came from homelessness, yeah. not knowing how to spend your money, yeah. to being able to, to honor God with your finances and what he's been able to do for you since then. Tell you, Dan, we could actually you know, do a three or four hour podcast just on giving and, and God's favor and, and finances. Um, well, let me just tell you about, so whenever... You know, when I started tithing. So what I did is I went into his office and I told him, I said, Junior, I said, look, man, I said, you you can't pay me what I'm worth and you'll never pay me what I'm worth. And this is like you said, I just started tithing. and went in there and I wanted to talk to him about money. <laughs> I mean, you know, what the heck? And he said, hey, pretty, he said, I'm fixed to put in a new plan that nobody knows about. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, so now I remember. It wasn't you thought you were getting in trouble. You said you wanted to go ask for yeah, more money. Right. All right, gotcha. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. And then what did he say to you? He said, hey, Pruitt, he said, I'm implementing a new plan right now that nobody even knows about. Let me tell you about it. And this plan was going to pay me up to five cents more a mile. You know, so five times three is what? That's 15. That's a hundred, you know, so at $500, that's a hundred, I mean, 500 miles a week, that's a hundred and fifty dollars extra a week. You didn't tell me math. I was going to have to do math. I know, I know. But anyway, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, anyway, it was a lot more money yeah, per week. Yeah, absolutely. That's just one example. You know, not everybody's a truck driver. Can't everybody change their pay like I do? But, you know, one day, a couple of years after that, I'm down in Florida in a rest area, and I'm sitting up there talking to God, you know, and i am got my hands up in the air, and God is talking to me about my giving. And I'm going to Trinity, you know? And, it, you know, that's that's what I learned about tithing, man. Hey, that's, that's my favorite, favorite message is tithing and giving and generosity. Because I have been so, so blessed by it, Jadam. But I'm sitting in this rest area and God is speaking to me, just telling me, hey, man, 10% is just not enough. You know, it's just not enough. You need to give more. So I'm arguing with God. Oh, but God, but I don't know God. But what if I get married one day, God? Here I am 15, 16 years later. I'm still single. So, hey, that was never really an he issue. Knew. I knew. He knew. <laughs> God said, don't worry, boy. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> so anyway. But anyway, so yeah, so man, I, I went to sleep. Man, I woke up the next morning. I jumped up out of that bed and I jumped up in that seat, threw my arms up. So, oh, but God, but I don't know, God. God said, trust me, trust me. It's okay. So I give more. I drove more miles that week than I had ever driven in my life, which is God's favor. I made the biggest paycheck I had ever made in my life that, that week that I give more. Wow. And I remember, and, I remember when you first yeah, told me that story, man. Yeah, powerful. Uh, yeah, it is powerful, and that's the thing about it. You know, man, we're talking about God's goodness and God's favor, and just how He just poured it out. You know, just I tell people, and I'm just, you know, 
laughing and joking, cutting up, said, man, if you want to be blessed, just just rub my skin right there. Just touch me, <laughs> you know, because God has just been that good to me, Jaden. Yeah. And um, there was another one, too, when you were in Tennessee. You called me and told me that that uh, I think it was about a missions check or something, a missions offering. Mm-hmm. And I think you were you were trying to figure out how much to give or something. Mm-hmm. And and shortly after that, you got some sort of either pay structure, yeah. raise or something. I mean, every time you've yeah, every that, time you've been obedient to mm-hmm. God in your giving, He has not failed you. No. He's not let and you st- down. And stepped out, stepped out of my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, hey, I might not be comfortable giving that. Man, you just allow God to stretch you a little bit. It's like boom, He just what is it exceedingly and abundantly more Above, than above. Yeah. So, so okay. When I first met you, you were driving an old beat up white truck. Yeah. But one day I saw you come home from Tennessee, and you were driving a different vehicle that wasn't old and beat up. So uh, tell us a little bit about the favor that God has had on uh-huh. you, uh, where one time in your life you weren't even able to afford a place to live, yeah. and now you're in Tennessee, and you're and you and you go from a beat up truck to nice vehicles mm-hmm. because of God's blessings, and yeah. then to eventually. Owning your own home. Yeah. Well, I because I, I know sold, your I know your credit score wasn't that good. So I think it was a three eighty five when I went out there. Three eighty five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When I I went out to Memphis in that beat up Chevy pickup, that I paid cash for when I got a job and I got clean and um and the clothes on my back. Found me a place to live. I had a hard time finding me a place. Finally, found somebody that would rent to me. Why and why was that? Because of my felony. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's everywhere. That's yeah. not just Texas. That's no, everywhere that's you everywhere. go. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I finally found me a place, and I did, Jane Anna. I got rid of that old pickup, and I bought me a a two thousand one Corvette convertible. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, the one that I the one that I got to drive was the uh, was the Camaro. Uh-huh. Remember the Camaro? Yeah. I kept the convertible. I kept the Corvette for two years. I traded it in. I bought me a two thousand twelve model Camaro. But can I just say that I started, I bought that Corvette at 24.9% interest. Oh, and that's because of your credit. Yeah, that's yep. because of my credit. But God blessed me with the job and opportunity, Jay Dan, that I was able to pay that 24.9% interest note off in two years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and I'm doing all this while I'm giving, Jay Dan. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing I like about God is because he doesn't, he doesn't keep you strapped. No. You don't feel strapped when your hand is open and you yeah. let you're letting him do with it what he wants. Yeah. You're able to pay a, a car note off in two years yeah. that would take normally four or five years. Yes. And then because of that, your credit score, because of yeah. your hard work uh-huh. and your discipline, see it's not I mean, with if we combine our hard work and discipline with the blessings and favors that, that God wants to bestow on us. That's a great partnership. Yeah. God doesn't want to just do everything for us. He wants to partner Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. So his blessings with your hard work and oh, your discipline man. and learning how to handle yeah. money um, is is what got you these blessing mm-hmm. after blessing after blessing and to to the point where eventually you were, like I said, you were able to buy your own home. Yeah. So uh, so I went from that, from that car to the Corvette 24.9 to a 2012 model Camaro at 10.9% interest. Pretty still pretty good. Uh, really? better, than, hey, better than 24. Hey, I'm thinking great. So, Jade, and I kept that for a year, and I'm paying two and a half payments a month. Okay, so I'm two, two and a half times still giving, but I'm paying two and a half times on a car. I kept that for a year, and I said, man, you're single. Boy, ain't no sense in you getting new tags. You just go buy you a new car. And so I, I drove away in a 2015 model Camaro at 5 
0.7% interest, maybe. Wow. Yeah. And I kept that for a little while. Then I bought me a Jeep, and now I'm driving me a truck. But, Jay Dan, and to get all that. So, yeah, I built my credit up, you know, with the help of God for sure. And uh, the amazing people, you know, Jim and Sheila Hood, you know, just a brief shout great, out, you know, great teaching people, me great about people. that. Yeah. yeah. So they, that, that's where I learned a lot, you know. What are some areas, other areas of your life and your journey and your growing in Christ that you have may have considered a struggle at one point that God walked you through and delivered you of? Uh, well, I mean, smoking the cigarettes, you know, I did. Now that, we know there's going to be people in heaven that smoke cigarettes. Out there, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so what's, what's, what's the big deal about cigarettes? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's bad for your body. Okay. All right. And you stink. In our, in our bodies, the temple of Christ, right. right? So I guess we should try to, our best to take care of it. Um, but did you ever feel any like conviction? Like the Holy Spirit was like, you really don't need to do this to your body anymore? Or was it just more of a, I need to quit cold turkey and you quit cold turkey one day? I need to quit. You know, I mean, who wants to go to church to smell somebody with a cigarette on right. their breath or their right. clothes? You know, yeah. it's embarrassing. It stinks. Well, now you did pretty good at hiding it at one point. You know, because I mean, I mean, I and I hit it from the you, church at one I point think too. You just called me out from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Thank you. you know, uh, I'm not smoking no more. If anybody'd like to know, yeah. How yeah. long has it been now? I, it's a couple six of years. or yeah. no more than that, huh? Yeah, it's more been a while. Yeah, it's been, it's it's been maybe three, four, or at least. I can't. Yeah. Man, I'm not one to keep open dates. Yeah, I can tell you, I got. I remember you September were very 15th. excited to, yeah. to 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 kick the smoke in heaven. That's tough. Hey, Jay Dan. Tough. Can we back up a second? Yeah. My clean date, September 15th, 2008. But my clean date is Omani and Dina's wedding anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah. That I is really good. I thought about that. I thought, man, how cool is that? It's yeah. cool to share, cool a date with, uh, share yeah. dates like that. My wife allowed me, uh, allowed us to get married on our on my release date from prison, which was April 18th. So I got out of prison April eighteenth, two thousand six, and we got married on April eighteenth, two thousand eight. Nice. So we're we're coming up on two two yeah. special anniversaries for yeah. me. Yeah. So um so what are some other areas of your life you think that you've grown in? You know, your 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 tithe, how you oh. honor God with your finances, how you honor God with your body, quitting smoking. What are some other areas? Finances. Um well that's one of them. But also relationships. Okay. I Learn from the mistakes that I've made. And, and man, God has put, you and just me included, has put some amazing, amazing people in my life. Married couples, people here at Trinity, people uh, in Lingaville where I live now, and the amazing people I spent 11 years without in Memphis, man. But God has placed the most amazing people in my life that have taught me about relationships. And so now here I am, somebody who just screwed one up so bad i'm able i'm able to talk to these young men right and explain to them hey man if you go down this road your actions this right here's what what it's going to cause you know i was just telling a guy a little while back i said if you want to keep running around with these single people you're going to be single <clears throat> you know i mean so you know but i mean just to tell these guys you know i love to speak to young men you know this is the first podcast i've been on i'm i'm I do a whole lot of one-on-one. You know, with me being a driver, I, I could talk to people all the time. But try to encourage them to love the person you're in a relationship with, to honor them, to treat them with respect, you know? Get rid of this old macho man attitude, you know? and Or else you're going to end good. up like old Kenneth Pruitt, and you're going to be talking to God, right. too, and God's going to be laughing at you thinking you're still going to be single 20 years down the road. So let's talk about um, 
how God has restored your family. Yeah. The relationships with your yeah. family. Uh, because I know that there were times early on in mine and your oh, yeah. friendship that, that there wasn't communication None. with, None. with your, with your children. So talk about that and, and how God has restored that and still, yeah. still doing that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I've, I've done so much and uh, that I forget some of the stuff, but yeah. So, I went years without any communication with my children. While I was locked up, of course, didn't hear from them. Um, my daughter probably come around five, six years into it, you know, and would speak to me some. There's not, no, not all the time. And my my youngest son, middle child, he spoke to me for a little while. He doesn't anymore. I don't understand that. But, you know, I can't do nothing about that. Continue to be the best person I can be. And, you know, I continue to reach out for him. And if he doesn't respond, then he just doesn't respond. But. My oldest son, I went about 10 years, up close to 10 years with nothing, absolutely nothing. And today, I can call that boy, and if he doesn't answer his telephone, man, he's calling his old dad right back, you know. So God has restored that and is, is still restoring that, you know. So, I mean, just because I'm having issues with one I'm not having issues, but he's just not. Just not communicating with right. me right now. Right. But you know what? Hey, it's all God's timing. God's going to work it all out. But yeah, God has restored that relationship with my children, um, two of them for sure, and still working on one. You know, I still got a ways to go. But so, what was your mom and dad's uh, thought thoughts on when you went to uh, Monty and Dina's? Did they were they like just waiting to see if if what the decision you made or turning your life around was real, or did they believe you right at the first, or did it take some time for you to build trust back up? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know I went through a time where. I mean, anybody and everybody that knew me, knew who I was, was just kind of keeping an eye on me the first couple yeah. of years to see if it's just going to be. I wasn't like you and all in one way. I was half into church and half into partying. So so there was a lot of people that were waiting to to see, all right, well, let's give Jaden a year or two out of yeah. prison and yeah. see if he goes back to the drinking, yeah. you know. Well, and yeah. um, I even, even my own father-in-law, you Absolutely. know, when I first asked Absolutely. him yeah. to, to date Jesse, yes. He said to me, you don't even, we don't know if you're through with your yeah. drinking. You don't even know Jed uh-huh. Ann. And of course I did know at that point because the Holy Spirit already showed me, but uh-huh. I I can't blame those people Absolutely for, for thinking that way, you know? And so th- did you ever get frustrated in the process of having all your relationships restored and just wishing that they would just understand who you are now and know that you're not the other person and let's hurry up and get all this, you know, back together? Well, you know, you would like that. You know, yeah, yeah, you would like it. Um, never really discussed it much with my parents. Never did. There's so many things, Jaden, through 26 years of drug addiction and, and being locked up and being homeless. That, you know, if my parents never knew nothing, I would be fine with that. Yeah, you know, I would. I don't think they they need to know everything that I've done and everything right. that I've been through. Um, but as far as trust, I, I I would have to think that no, they didn't trust me. I would think nobody really trust me, and I don't blame them. You know. Right. I tell people, man, and you know it's a cliche, but talk is cheap. Man, you got to prove this. You got to prove to these people. It's not going to be a week. It's not going to be a month. It may not be six months. It may not be a year. You didn't destroy this in a week, in six months, in a year. It's not going to get fixed like that, you know. And I know this might be a little bit off that subject, but when I'm talking to these people with a drug addiction, and they tell me, "Well, I'm only two months clean," I say, "Whoa, whoa, only two months." Well, guess what? You got to get to two months clean before you can get to three months clean. 
You got to get the three months before four months, and you got to be a year before you get to two years. Fix to celebrate 13 years, September 15th. Well, guess what? I had to start at day one. So don't come at me and say, hey, I'm only two months clean. No, because I'm fixing to pat you on the back, tell you, great job. Now let's keep going. But so I don't like when people diminish how long they've been clean. Right. Because you got to get to that day before you get to the next day. And it's so a good. daily deal. You know? So good. And it, and, and it all takes work no matter what. Absolutely. It takes just as much work to stay two months clean Amen. as it has to take to, to stay 13 months clean. And, because, you know, that's one of the things – uh, I agree with it's a 24 hour period. Yeah. You know, every day you have, you have the same 24 hours to stay clean or to go choose to go do drugs or alcohol yeah. or whatever. You just string a bunch of those 24 hours together and that's Amen. all it is. Come on. It's the same 24 hours strung together, whether yeah. it's two months or 20 years. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm coming up on, uh, April 9th will be, will be 18 years for me. Wow. Congratulations. Years. <laughs> I know it. that's funny because you and I, you know, we don't, Neither one of us knew the old one. Hey, what'd you say yesterday was out running around? Man, good thing we didn't know each other back I then. Know. We'd catch a case together, you know? <laughs> yes, because, so hey, true. we like to have a good time, you know? Yeah. And, and we like to. And none of that's changed. No, no. We still, I like to tell people I still get oh, drunk. Man. I just switch bartenders. Amen. Hey, man. <laughs> I love it. I know my, my wife and kids love to watch us cut up and yeah. have fun. And some people probably don't understand our relationship because we like to pick on each other <laughs> a lot. But what we know we love each other, you know. And um, you want to shout out to any any of your friends in Tennessee? I do. But first, hey, you know what? So we, we got there, but can we get to the house real quick? I know, I mean, you may have to. Well, I tried to talk to you about it twice. I tried to get you to bring it up twice. I no. pointed you in that right direction yeah. to the house. I said it twice. <laughs> yes. And you still didn't go there. So so let's. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, so I went from prison to being homeless again and to having bad credit to buying a house there in Memphis, Tennessee. And I got it like a ridiculous interest rate cheap. I kept that house for about three years, nine months. And I sold that house. Shout out to Christy Shack. Yeah. I called her my Memphis mom. But uh, she sold my house for $45,000 more than what I bought it for. Wow. Less than four years. I walked away. I don't know if I should say, but, you know. It's all right. Hey. Uh, I, you know, it's a it's a God's blessing, God's yeah. favor. You know, yeah. this ain't bragging on me. It's bragging on God, but. I put $29,000 in my bank account in less than four years off of that house. So, hey, shout out. That's awesome. To, uh, to the and life it, church. And it's all because you've learned to honor God with your finances mm-hmm. and be disciplined with your finances as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. So so that's good. Yeah, life church, man. Tell us about some of your friends up there, man. Well, there's so many of them. Golly, so many of them. I feel like I've, see, I've seen a lot of names, Pastor BJ, uh, Farmer, John, John Farmer, Farmer, Amy Farmer, yeah. Pastor Dan. I know Pastor Dan. I know. Yeah. Um, I know you've posted a lot of videos uh, golfing with those guys. Pastor Johnny, Pastor John Howell. So, how important were they to your growth during that whole time? Oh, everything. Your growth in Christ. Everything. They were everything, Jaden. And and that's what it is. God uses people. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, He's never snapped His fingers and and just give me something. But He's placed people in my life that help me reach each goal that He has set for me. You know. Yeah. When I went, I went to actually look at buying a condo on the seventh floor of downtown Memphis. I didn't ask anybody. I did not ask one person to go with me. You know, I had like three pastors and a doctor showed up. Why? Because they loved me. They want to make sure that hey, that I was being treated right. That I was going to get the deal that I needed. Wow. You know, so you talk to me about these people. That's how they are, and that's what we do. We love people. We we help people. You know, we uh. 
pour into their lives. These people poured into my life for over 11 years. Wow. And I've been blessed by it. Pastor John Siebling, you know. and uh, He's the senior pastor up senior there at Life pastor, Church. Yeah, huh? yeah. I've listened to a few sermons of him. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Life Church of Memphis. They yeah. just opened up a downtown campus. I want to say thank you to all you Life Church people because, uh, you know, you guys are my heroes uh, because you had to uh, – you had to help Kenneth grow for 11 years. You had to put up with him, tolerate him, uh, his cowboy, being a cowboy yes. fan. So I know that was tough <laughs> for y'all to have to tolerate that. We have to tolerate that as well, too. <laughs> but uh, but thank you to all you Life Church people. Yeah. Thank you to Monty Absolutely. and Dina. Absolutely. Thank you to Mom and Dad. Yeah. All you guys are heroes Yes. Uh, in, in Kenneth's story. Yeah. And I know Kenneth really wants me to say bad that he's my hero. <laughs> he's <laughs> yes. my hero, too. Because he loves hearing me tell everybody else that I, uh-huh. they're my hero. But, Kenneth, you are. You do have a superhero story. And you have a message that will resonate with young kids yeah. and even grown men. And, you know, uh, if you had to do it all over again at any point in your life, would you? what would you do differently, if anything? I wouldn't do anything differently. I would wish that I could have never hurt my children and my family and friends. Yeah. You know, that, that, that hurts me today. You know, uh, shoot. Let me yeah. Think. You know, yeah, if I could have not caused anybody any hurt and pain, but all the things that I've been through, Jaden, God has used them all for yeah, my good. Yeah. There's not one thing that I, not one thing I ever struggled with that God hadn't turned it into something that I can pour into somebody else's life. And that's what I love about God because Amen. in spite of who we used to be, mm-hmm. He has still turned us into the men that we are. Yeah. And He's even used what we've been Absolutely. through. Absolutely. So in that sense, man, sure, we don't want to hurt anybody, but man, I don't know if we if we didn't make the mistakes that we made, would we be as strong as we are no, now? No, absolutely you know? not, absolutely so. not. And we wouldn't have the stories to share with other people. You wouldn't have this podcast reaching out to other people, absolutely. you know, and people that reaching people that you don't even know. All right, last question: If there were to be a a, a Hollywood box office movie made about Kenneth Pruitt, who would play Kenneth? Pruitt? Oh, that's good. Hey, Kenneth Pruitt. <laughs> No, Tom they need Cruise. a no. They need a Tom, real actor. Tom Cruise. You would let Tom Cruise play Why Kenneth not? Pruitt? Huh? Oh man, I don't know. I don't <laughs> That's know. Crazy. I don't know if he's ugly enough. <laughs> hey, how about some cowboys? <laughs> While we're here, let's talk about the cowboys. I'm just kidding. Kenneth is an avid Cowboys Amen. fan, and so I'm an avid Steelers fan. So you know, I mean, we got six. They got five. You know, <laughs> it's been 30 years since they've won anything. It's been about 10 years since we've won anything. So we're kind of in the same boat. But um, but we got to go to the opening day Ranger game. Yes. That was fun hanging yep. out with you, Kenneth. I love your friendship. I love your your passion for God. To see others also be delivered from Amen. addiction of anything, and um, you know, and I'm I'm glad you got to come hang out with us this week. Happy Easter! Easter was last week, but uh, you know, I remember April 9th, I went into prison 2003, two weeks before Easter, and then I got out three years later, April 18th. 2006, two days after mm-hmm. Easter. So Easter is a very special yeah. time for me, especially just the resurrection, uh, the death, the burial, all the stuff that spiritually we we go through, that how we emulate Christ when we die every day and take up our cross and follow him. But we live in the resurrection power. The Amen. same power that raised him from hey, the dead That's crazy. lives absolutely. in us. Yeah, that's cool. And that is really neat. That's and so... Cool. I want to thank you. You are a hero. You are a hero. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear that for a long time, J.D. Notice I said you're a hero. I didn't, you didn't say, I didn't say <laughs> you're, you're my, my hero. hero. <laughs> I, I caught on to that. Hey, J.D., 
I love you, man. Love your wife. Love your girls. And thank y'all for being the friends that y'all been and always welcome me into my home and into your family. And I appreciate that. Well, we're going to always make room for homeless people in our home. So uh, <laughs> y'all pray for Jay Dan. Uh, yes. Pray for me. <laughs> Kenneth, you are an awesome man and, and we appreciate your friendship. Uh, our family would not be the same if it wasn't for you because you bring a joy to our lives that not many other people can bring. Uh, my kids love you. They didn't even know you for a few years. They didn't know who you were. They just knew stranger there danger. Was somebody tried to teach them, you know, <laughs> they just knew there was somebody coming over and we had to, we had to get the room ready for Steeler, uh, yeah. for yeah. dressed outfit and Steelers. Thank you for taking the time thank to share you. your story. I know you've shared it, you know, on video with other churches, uh-huh. but thank you for taking the time to come to background check podcast. Cause that's what this is all about. Amen. It's about people who have had a background that may be criminal, challenging, yep. Yep. whatever, yep. and have had to navigate life through that background check, but have not let it get them down, have risen above it. Amen. Because if you look deep enough into our background, you see Jesus. Amen. And so uh, thank you for sharing, for being transparent, vulnerable, and funny. I appreciate so, you. A little funny. <laughs> well, you know but, what? I got serious today, man. You, know, I, you, you did. Not me, but we was talking serious. So yeah. I pretty much stayed that away. But until I, I was talking about getting married, you know, when I was praying to God and asked him about a wife, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's still funny. All right. Hey, ladies, he is single. He, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> right now, he's still he's still homeless, though. Yeah. But he's living with Monty and Dina yeah. out there and traveling. And, right. and so, uh, you know, he, he is good looking, though. He's good looking. <laughs> hey, he's charming. <laughs> That's the first. Keep keep telling them lies. Well, I love it. Keep going. How can how can my listeners pray for Kenneth Pruitt? I want to just pray for God's continued blessing, his protection, because I stay out on the road. I stay out working. You know, I drive a truck, so I stay out for – I just come home. I've been gone four months. So I just pray, you know, God watch over me and protect me and continue to show me favor because he has. And uh, just to be safe out there on the road and keep, you know, keep my eyes and ears open where I'm able to – witness to other people, you know, and Amen. open up to them. Amen. And God usually places, places somebody in my life every day. No matter how short of a time I'm going to be there, there's usually somebody I can just give a little bit of witness to, a little bit of hope and encouragement. And that's what I hope this does. It gives somebody hope and encouragement that either struggling or knows somebody who's struggling. Hey, God's got a plan. Amen. And you can or they can get through this and get to the other side and be productive a productive citizen, you know, and be blessed. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for coming on, bud. Thank you. Man, Kenneth said so many good things in this interview. I'm telling you, man, his story is so amazing. His story is so impactful. And I think that's why we get along so well, because, you know, we know, we know what God has brought us out of. And I just love his story. You know, sometimes guys like me and him come across to other people as uh, cocky and arrogant. But man, I just feel like me and Kenneth, we know who we are in Christ. We know how to have fun. We know how to be friends. We know how to be friendly. And uh, we're, you know, we we stay humble because we know that everything we have is is given by God, and it can be taken away at any moment. But he said some really good things, man, you know, um, uh, about one, one of the things was about his, um, his doubters, you know, and, uh, the, even the pastor who are usually pastors are very well-meaning and that's fine. But when the pastor told him, you know, never say never, <laughs> he, 
He's like, no, I'm never, I'm never going back. You know, and, and I say, say whatever you want to happen. If you don't want to ever go back, then say, I'm never going back. You know, these people that leave this, these open-ended goals, you know, like, it's almost like, all right, if it's God's will, I'll never go back. Well, you know what? <laughs> I believe it's God's will for everybody to stay clean and sober. You know, I, I just do. And, uh, and, and, and I can't explain I can't explain people that die in their addiction. I can't. Um, I believe that that God gives us grace to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I believe some people can quit cold turkey. I believe some people need a process. God God showed me a couple different things with that uh, in my own story. You know, uh, I like the way Kenneth said, you know, the more I stay clean, the more important uh, that I see those guidelines are for me. You know, and um, and, he, and he talks about uh, how how long it takes to restore the relationships that he broke because of the decisions that he made. And, you know, he's right. It does take time sometimes. And sometimes those relationships never get restored. And that's fine. You know, your family of choice, your spiritual family is the the most important. I know family, family's everything. I get it. Biological families, everything. But there, there, there are some families, biological families, that, you know, don't want to be a part of the family and that don't want to do anything but sow discord. You know, so you can't say family is everything and just only mean biological or family of origin. You've got to include the family of choice. And because sometimes that's that, those are the only group of people that's going to be there for you. I'm proud of Kenneth. I uh <laughs> It is a good thing that we didn't know each other in our old days because we probably would have caught a case together. But I'm so proud of him. And listen, God doesn't love Kenneth and me more than he loves you or more than he loves the prodigal son or daughter that you have that you're praying over or more than your husband or, or wife that is addicted or strung out. God doesn't love me and Kenneth more than you guys, more than those people. He loves, he loves you and he loves that person just as much as he loves me and Kenneth. And I know if he can do it for me and Kenneth, he can do it for anybody. One of the one of the things I like Kenneth said, you know, he wouldn't change anything. If he could do it all over again, he wouldn't change a thing, but he just wishes that he wouldn't have hurt so many people. And I get that. I get that. There there might be some things I would I would want to change, but I don't know that I would want a different result. I want the same result. You know, the things that we went through made us stronger. And I don't know if I would have went through it a different way, if I'd still be just as strong or or a different kind of strong. I don't know. But, man, to go from a meth addict to being homeless, to owning your own home, um, to selling it, and now he and I love, we, we love talking cryptocurrency and stocks and different things that we're – we're talking about that we wouldn't be able to even do without the blessings of God, but but the discipline that also comes with receiving those blessings. So, Kenneth, I love you, man. You're my hero. There you go. I said it. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, he, he said that um, he just wants us to pray for him, you know, for his safety out on the road and that he just continues to grow in the Lord. So, so let's do that. Let's do that now. You know, uh, before I pray, you know, I just want to say, April 9th, today's April 9th. It's my 
sobriety birthday. 18 years clean. 18 years. I have not been drunk. I tell people I still get drunk. I just switch bartenders. He can do it for anybody. Let's pray. For, let's pray for Kenneth and, and the podcast. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this platform that you've given us to just talk. You've given me the gift of gab, and I try to share that and and you know do your will, Lord. But thank you for Kenneth today, our guest. Thank you for his story. Thank you for protecting him all those years when he was making bad decisions, and thank you for protecting him now when he's making all the good decisions. Father, I pray that you touch his kids, his parents, keep them all healthy. Lord, continue to restore the relationships in his family and continue to let him be an asset to his company and the, the church. Lord, we thank you for his family of choice. We thank you for Monty and Dina. I pray that you, God, bless them and return to them in so many ways, which I know you already have, God, but return to them all the time and effort and energy and faith and everything they put into Kenneth Pruitt. Return it back to them, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all the people at Life Church in, in Tennessee that poured into him, all the people at Trinity here, his friends, the Hoods, uh, the Hatleys, Lord, uh, Hatley and, and uh, that family, Lord. Thank you for everybody who rallied around Kenneth as his spiritual family of choice that has been able to help him. Lord, our family's blessed because of Uncle Kenneth. We ask you to allow him to thrive and continue to take him higher and higher and higher and give him everything he needs for the next season and chapter in his life. And Lord, we lift up all the people that are listening to this podcast. We ask you to bless them, heal their hurts, heal their wounds, give them freedom from addiction, give them victory in their lives, give them restoration of relationships, and let them let them know today that just as you delivered me and, and, and have helped me stay clean for 18 years, you can do it for them and their family member, their loved one, their friend, their spouse. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Thank you for again, once again listening. If you, listen, if you listen on Apple, can you take the time right now to go back to the main podcast page, search Search for J.D. Gum or Background Check Podcast and then click on the main podcast picture. Scroll down to the bottom where it says write a review. Click on that. Tap a star, whichever star you think uh, represents what you think we do, uh, how the podcast is. And then write us a little review. Just tell us how one of the episodes or just the podcast in general touches your heart. That just helps uh, other people read the reviews and, and, and our podcast get more exposure. All right. And if there's another a uh, platform you listen on that allows you to leave a review or a rating, do that too. Uh, we appreciate it. All right. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.